You know, Frank, one of the things that's been interesting about doing this show is being able to see, you know, all these different players um, kind of, you know, grow up and move on in their life. And, and uh, even though you and I don't really age, you know, it's been it's been fun watching these kids grow up. And this is one. Yeah, exactly. Talk about old. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, the very first ever in the huddle student athlete guest is making his return as a first time head coach. I mean, 12 years plus or whatever. I mean, is this really happening? Why don't we just go to the interview and find out? It's almost 12 years since we had our first In the Huddle guest on back in the Eric Wren days of the world. It wasn't this guy. It was Eric Wren uh, who was, uh, was in New York. Yeah, I was in uh, Miami, Florida. And our first guest on the show ever was the guy... That's over there, folks. I, I, okay, at least I got the direction right in the offseason. It's Jimmy Robertson, now the head coach. That just makes me feel old right there. Head coach of FDU Florham. Congratulations, Jimmy, on the honor. And, uh, I mean, take us through what happened here. I mean, you know, Coach Race uh, leaves. We weren't sure if you were going to get the job. They did a, an actual full-out search, and they still picked you at the end of the day. How's it feel, and what was the road like? Yeah, feel, feels great. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me back on. I know we, we just said it before we went on air. You know, everything comes full circle and making all, all of us feel real old that I was the first ever player guest and now a guest on the show as a coach. So appreciate you guys having me back on, uh, but super appreciative of it, super appreciative of everything you guys do for D3 football. Speaking as a player 12 years ago, I know how excited we got with your guys' show whenever we were on, and it's even – you know, a hundred times of what it was then, what it is now. So thank you for all that. Um, but yeah, r- really super excited about this opportunity um, that, that FDU has given me. Uh, it was a long process, you know, got named interim head coach uh, pretty much the week right after the season there when it all went down. Um, and the process was a national search. Um, you know, it, it was a real search and, you know, fortunate enough for me, I'm, I'm blessed and grateful that, you know, when all was said and done, our, our athletic director, president, you know, chose me to, to lead our program and, you know, super excited about where we're going. Yeah. What's this, uh, you know, was it the fast five star that put you over the top coach? I mean, we see a lot of you, you're one of the more active head coaches on social media with the fast five star or the five fast star. I can't tell us what this mantra is about because it really seems like you've, you know, it's become kind of your brand. It's become the, the devil's brand by extension. Um, tell us all about it. Yeah, so what Fast Five Star is, that's exactly what it is. It, it's our brand and it's our system of success. Uh, it's definitely something that that helped get me this job as well. Um, it's something our offense has done and it's something that has evolved within our offense the last couple of years. And then just this past year, we truly branded it as Fast Five Star. And and now taking over as head coach, it is something that's going to be the entire program. Um, it's, you know, bringing great energy and passion, you know, in that relentless pursuit of being the best we can be. And everything ties into it. You know, that's one of the biggest things now taking over as head coach is having that program aligned in one direction. Uh, and everything we do now falls under this fast five-star system. It's our core values of being a real family into our culture, our standards, you know, our, our philosophies, and then our mission and our vision. And everything ties into it, you know. So I definitely think our guys have been able to rally around this, you know, over the last three and a half months. And um, it's something that's really unified us and brought – a lot of momentum, and more importantly, just that energy and passion, you know, into the program, lined in one direction, 
offense, defense, special teams, our alumni recruiting. You know, like you mentioned, it's something that we use in everything on social media. It's really just to have that brand and everything we do is in line with that brand. So you're talking about the last three and a half months and you've had some time to, as the interim and now it's a full head coach title to get your guys together and ready to a certain degree for what's next. And then we kind of come to a crashing halt here, obviously, with what's happened with the coronavirus. And you have an interesting perspective on life, I think, because there were days when you were an assistant coach at a school that had some real challenges in and of itself. Merchant Marine Academy. Coach Toop still uh, speaks fondly of you, believe it or not. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it, obviously there's nothing that compares to what we're going through. But mm. the timing of practices and the spring stuff that you would do there obviously was different uh, to a certain degree because of their obligations at Merchant Marine Academy. Take us through what you kind of learned there that will help you adapt and what what is going to be missing here ultimately if let's say these guys don't return to school in the spring term. Yeah, first I do have to give a shout out to Coach Coach Troops, my guy. We play them last year, we play them again this year, but wouldn't be you know sitting in this position where I am now without him. Learned a ton from him, uh, and one of the things I, I did learn from him was you know kind of how to run an off season. You know, being at the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy for the four years like I was, we didn't really have spring ball. After the season ended, our sophomores and juniors were gone. The sophomores for four months and the juniors for eight months. You know, so it was a a unique situation. Uh, Really learned how to be efficient and effective, you know, with the time you actually do have with the the players. You know, and now with this unprecedented situation we have now with the, you know, unfortunate coronavirus, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, we're going to have to all do, you know, we're all going to have to be proactive in the situation. I think we're going to have to get super creative um, over these next couple weeks, couple months, who knows how long it could be. Uh, Cause I, I don't foresee us having any spring ball, you know, and, and who knows when we'll see our players as a full unit again. But I think the biggest thing is being proactive and creative. You know, there's a lot of things to get creative nowadays, you know, engage our, our players and our student athletes for be efficient and effective you know my time at king's point i think i can really you know use those experiences now yeah coach i know that the ncaa has kind of kept things um you know up in the air a little bit uh, there will be uh, i guess a, a sort of a hold on recruiting until april 15th i mean in, in the short term are there things that uh, head coaches like yourself can do to kind of get yourself ready once the you know the green light is back up and running is there stuff maybe like, you know, this video conference software that you can stay in touch with your team, um, either to teach them your offense or, you know, plays and stuff like that. I mean, what's, what's sort of the kind of the current environment for you as a coach while you wait for the NCAA to sort of make a, a new decision? Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head right there is, you know, with all the technology we have, whether it's, you know, something like this with, you know, webinars and Google Hangout and Zoom, there's so many different avenues that we can use uh, technology to our advantage, you know, and to keep our guys engaged and to check in on our guys, you know, from a football perspective, academic perspective, you know, these are guys that we we meet with daily to mentor them and, you know, be role models for them and to make sure that they have the resources they need. So now that they're gone and who knows when we'll actually see them again, you know, I guess that's probably the, the scariest thing, you know, for all of us is because we want to be there for them. And now, you know, we're going to have to figure out different ways to be creative and, you know, stay in touch with every single player on the roster because, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's why we do this. But now we're going to have to get creative to make sure we actually are doing it. 
You know, I, I am available for consulting on video stuff, just so you know. <laughs> if, if anybody needs me out there, I, I'm Frank Rossi. Okay, it's right a, there. The name's right there. It's a slow five, slow five star up there, Coach. <laughs> oh, God. You know, Jimmy, let's go back to the old days for a second here, uh, when you had more hair and I had less wrinkles, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you're you're obviously a quarterback. Uh, Aaron Savasi uh, and you were the uh, dynamic duo, the tandem uh, RPI. So a lot of people wonder, and, you know, after the, like, 19 touchdown performance by your quarterback uh, at the end of uh, last Just season, yeah, yeah I, I mean, is this what we have to look for? I mean, what is your offensive philosophy and your overall team philosophy going to be from here on out, uh, is it going to change at all? Have you gotten a little bit more happy with the run, or uh, you know, more appreciative of the run and what it allows the pass to do? How is this all going to work now that you're the head coach? Yeah, yeah. So as head coach, I'm still going to be super involved with the offense and, and coach quarterback. Still, something I love to do, and it's too fun doing that to not do it. That's why we all, you know, are involved in the game. Uh, but what what can you can expect from FDU is it's going to be what our offense was the last couple of years, and it's going to be that that fun, exciting brand of football. You know, we want to bring that up-tempo, fast, you know, style of game in all three phases, you know, to our team. You know, it's going to be fun for our players to play in, our coaches to coach in, get our alumni involved, get them excited. Um, so it's going to be that that fun, exciting brand of football, you know, offensively. Yes, we, we, are, we do pass the ball a lot, and that probably does come from my quarterback background, you know, but philosophically, you know, our goal is to go to our playmakers. You're going to spread a defense out. You know, we are spread offense, but if they give a light box, we'll run the ball. And, you know, we did have the number one total offense in the MAC this year as well. You know, although we were the number one pass offense, we were number one total offense, and our running back was like seventh in the nation uh, yards per carry. So, you know, again, whatever the defense gives us, we're more than happy to take. Well, we were talking about, you know, Coach Toop earlier. That game that you guys had against the Mariners in Kings Point was crazy. Over 100 points scored, over 60 first downs, like 1,200 yards combined. It was like one of the biggest you know, shootouts in D3 history. But uh, you guys will get to host them on, I think it's a Friday night, September 4th, um, coming up. Uh, it seemed, it's, September feels like it's, you know, years away, but it'll be here before we know it. Um, what do you think the, I mean, a Friday night life's atmosphere at FDU, what's that like? Yeah, we're excited for that one. Our, our Friday night games, our student body seems to come out more for those than the Saturday afternoon one. So, you know, we're excited for the season opener to be a home opener and a Friday night. You know, obviously for, for our program coming off that win we had last year versus USMMA, we know they're going to be ready. Coach Troop's going to be ready. Coach Kroll, you know, Coach Kickle, all those guys over there, all good friends of mine you know, and highly respect them. So we know they're, we're, they're going to be the most prepared team, you know, in the country. They're super disciplined, you know. But I, every time I talk to Coach Toop, because I still do uh, speak to him uh, quite frequently, I tell him, take it easy on us. You know, he, he gave us that one last year. I told him it's my first, my first game as a head coach, so to take it easy on me. I have a feeling Toop didn't take it easy on you. I, I have a feeling you, your uh, teams uh, probably have been doing pretty darn well uh, to earn their victories, and uh, I doubt he's going to take it easy on you come September. Just just thinking here, knowing uh, Mike Toop the way we do. Hey, uh, you know what? I, as I'm sitting here thinking about uh, some of the old days and whatnot, uh, one of uh, our favorite guests back when was Coach King, uh, Joe King, uh, the old uh, RPI uh, ball coach. Here. Have you uh, stayed in touch with him? How's he doing? Yeah, Coach King doing great. Yeah, I, I speak to him, you know, frequently as well. 
you know, a lot of the coaches that mentored me and a lot of the things that I try to do now, you know, and I'm going to do with our program here are things that I learned from Coach King and a lot of the other, you know, RPI coaches, you know, when I was playing, um, you know, still keep in touch with probably five or six of them quite frequently. Um, and Coach King's doing great, you know, excited to get him actually to hopefully come on down to FDU to, you know, meet with our coaching staff and also coach, uh, talk to our team because, you know, someone that I, I respect so much. And just like I wouldn't be here without Coach Toop, you know, without Coach King and, you know, the rest of the RPI guys, I wouldn't be staying here either. So, you know, excited to get him down to FDU to let our guys and meet him to see what he's all about. RPI always had the uh, unions of the world and the Hobarts of the world when uh, you were playing, uh, kind of uh, hovering around them, uh, and uh, you were trying to uh, you know, do your best to uh, get around them. You now have the Del Valles of the world, obviously, and even the, let's say, Stevensons, but then Wilkes shows up last season as well. The MAC is already a conference that seems to be a little bit interesting at the top of it, but Del Valle can't be taken down, it seems like. And now you throw the, the new normal the new paradigm of 2020 uh, into the mix here with the uh, virus and everything and what it's going to take away from the process do you think this is a further equalizer for these teams losing these next two months to a certain degree and not that anybody's trying to make any excuses for what, what ultimately happens but does it change the landscape of the mac a little bit what we're about to go through here well i think everyone's on the equal playing field you know because i think MAC-wise, uh, league-wide, and then NCAA-wide, you know, it's going to be equal for everybody. So whether that levels the playing field or whatever it might be, you know, I think it's going to come down to programs have that culture. You know, and it goes back to what you asked about, you know, way earlier is that fast five-star system. You know, have we instilled that that culture these last three months in the system these last three months? So now whether it's the next three weeks or the next three months that we don't see our players, that they're going to be accountable and disciplined, you know, to do what they need to do. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we will get through this, you know, as a, as a nation and as, you know, athletes and as coaches, and we will end up playing the game. So who's going to be accountable um, when that time, you know, comes? Well, Coach, aside from the, uh, the important job of taking over um, the Devils program, I know you picked up a couple other important gigs over the last few years as we watch you uh, along your career. Um, that is a husband and dad. I think you have a couple oh, yeah. of little girls now, and you guys were uh, actually just down here in Florida not so long ago, yeah. um, you know, doing the Disney princess thing and you know, getting uh, you know, the happiest place on earth, hanging out with Mickey Mouse. I mean, Tell us about this, you know, this adventure that you're on, and and uh, a little bit about your family and how how you guys are, you know, what what's going on right now with everything, um, you know, sort of being on lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So married to my wife, Kristen, we've actually been together. You know, it's gonna make me feel even older. We've been together since 2003. It was the end of my sophomore wow. year of high school. So my wife, Kristen, she's the the foundation of our entire family. You know, all of us crazy coaches that put in these long hours. You need to have a strong family foundation and she's obviously that for me you know and then super super yeah. lucky to have my daughter mia who's two and a half and now we have our new addition our daughter emma who's about five and a half months so uh the three of them i'm, I'm totally outnumbered now um you know but now you know to look at the positives of it all with everything going on you know we're all going to be working remotely so this could really give everyone a time whether whatever your job is whatever industry you're working in but even more so us coaches that are away a lot with recruiting and during the season and spring seasons to, you know, maybe put the phone down a little bit more and put the film away a little bit longer and, you know, spend some of that quality time with our families since we will be, 
you know, here with them for the foreseeable future. So you're telling me that she's put up with you for 17 years in some way, shape, or form Crazy. or another? She has. It's it's wild. It is wild. <laughs> she, she must have like a halo or something uh, walking around at all times. <laughs> I does. mean, that's for sure. That is for sure. <laughs> I, I remember you coming upstairs uh, as an alum uh, with uh, an interesting wig on uh, into the press box at RPI <laughs> when I was doing a union RPI game many years ago. And I was Jeez. like, this guy is a character and a half. I mean, more so than when you were a player. I, I mean, you, you were a crazy man. It, but look. You know what? Everybody comes full circle. This whole show has come full circle right now. But the biggest thing is you've matured in such a great way. It's so awesome to watch it and makes us proud. It really does uh, to see this happen. Uh, I'm so thrilled for you. And you know what? I think we gave you the first opportunity in the history of the show to give shout outs to any friends, family, teammates, etc. back when. And uh, we're going to give that back to you one more time here. So Jimmy Robertson. Head coach, FDU Florham. <laughs> Shout-outs are yours. Yeah, yeah. just want to give shout-outs first and foremost to the three people that I just mentioned, my wife Kristen, daughters Mia and Emma. Shout-outs to the rest of my family because, you know, family is super important. And I do I have a huge family come from, you know, one of six uh, siblings. Um, so shout-out to my whole family. And then, and then a shout-out to the, the whole FDU community. You know, I'm super excited for this opportunity. Shout out to our players. They, they've bought in to everything we've done, you know, over these last three and a half months. And, you know, I know that they're super excited to what the future holds. So shout out to them because that's the reason we do it. Uh, and that's the reason I love being at FDU is because of our student athletes. So shout out to them and then everyone else in the FDU community, our administration, our alumni, because I know there's a lot of people excited about where we're taking this thing and, you know, couldn't be more proud to lead this program and grateful to. Well, Look, the coronavirus may delay uh, the season from taking its normal shape, uh, at least in the springtime here. But uh, in September, uh, I'm praying and hoping, as JB is, that we're ready to roll so we can see you on that Friday night. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be that game I picked to go on a Friday night to do, you know, a Friday and a Saturday that type like a good of thing. Idea. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you got to get Frank some of the you got to get Frank some of the red uh, you know the the devil swag so he can put it in the you know on his uh, trophy wall behind him. You got to get him some FDU stuff. You know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Do whatever you want. Under Armour him up. Yeah, we'll work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy, thanks so much for joining us. Oh yeah, but that's a whole other story. Jimmy, uh, thank you for joining (laughs) us, and can't wait to see you in September. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Well, it was really happening, JB, based on our intro earlier. Uh, Coach Jimmy Robertson, uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I wish we had Eric Wren here with us on this one. We'll make sure we send it to his way so he sees it. Uh, Eric, my original co-host, the Godfather, always somebody I I uh, enjoyed working with, enjoy hearing from uh, in these days, and hopefully we'll have him back on the show soon, uh, especially for RPI. Uh, has a good year coming up because that's his uh, school. Uh, love him or hate him, uh, RPI engineers. Uh, but, you know, Jimmy's got an uphill battle here, obviously, with Delaware Valley being the juggernaut they are. Teams like Stevenson and Wilkes seeming to want to, you know, be up there with them. And FDU Florham's had some pluses and some minuses for sure. He's got to work on consistency for this team, I think. And it'll be an interesting ride to see if he can. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, this team has shown historically they can put up points. We've had, you know, Jagger uh, Green on the show, quarterback who who had some of the gouty passing stats. We saw the game last year with Merchant Marine where they put up over, uh, you know, 100 points and 1,200 yards between the two teams. So I think it's going to, you know, Jimmy knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. I think the key to his success in, in, um, in form is going to come down to, you know, can, they, can that defense lock some teams down a little more? Um, you know, they, you know, scoring is never going to be a problem for this uh, Devils offense. But I think the flip side of, of the ball to really you know, get them to where they want to be is going to come on defense. Absolutely. Uh, it's going to be, in, again, an interesting ride to see. they got to, you know, if they can score nine touchdowns, they got to make sure the other team isn't scoring eight uh, type of situation because those are the games you <laughs> just don't want to be playing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. yeah, win, winning those are great, but I don't, know, I don't know what you're learning defensively when it happens in that respect. So if they can get both sides of the ball going that way, that's great, uh, ultimately, Look not out. giving up those eight. Yep, it, it, they'll have, let's say, an eight-win season that way. Uh, otherwise, it'll be a five-win season and, you know, mediocrity. And that's not what Jimmy Robertson's about. You know that as well as I do from yep. our experience with him. So I look forward to seeing what he can do with that team. Uh, speaking about somebody who's not uh, for mediocrity, David Tamaro, uh, who will be our next guest, uh, and Mike Riddleman as well. But David Tamaro especially is somebody that has impressed people for years as quarterback at Johns Hopkins. Uh, his quarterfinal, I'll make that semifinal run uh, a couple of years ago against Mount Union, almost beating them in that game, was an yeah. impressive feat. And he is somebody legitimately in that discussion of somebody that could be ultimately signed by an NFL team. So we have uh, an interview with him coming up from back in late January. And uh, he talks about the small school showcase, uh, which Mike Riddleman is the director of. So we're giving you a little flavor of, you know, draft coming up. It'll be about one month to the draft uh, when we air that those interviews. And something to start thinking about for incoming seniors next year and those that may have an opportunity to get sniffs at the next level. No time like the present to start thinking about it, especially when not much else is going on at this point in time. So join us Tuesday for those interviews. Again, Thursday we'll have a final recap on the 26th of March uh, of all these interviews and you know where we are at that point in time as things change. Thanks for joining us again, uh, folks. And as always, we appreciate your fandom of In the Huddle.